You're listening to the Go Ministries International Podcast, where you're going to hear the truth of the Word of God, wild, relevant, and powerful for your journey in today's world. You know, the Lord told me at the beginning of 2020, as we were getting ready to come into 20, that this would be the year, not the 2020, the year of plenty, plenty. Plenty, plenty in provision of all areas that the church, the body of Christ is going to need to reach the next generation. To reach the next generation. What does that mean? Supplies come your way. I said supplies come our way. Every supply, every purpose, God has a supply. You don't even have to pray for the provision. All you got to do is know the plan because the plan automatically brings provision. God always, always brings provision with his plan. Amen. He said, Moses, this is what you're going to do. He was the provision. Moses followed the plan. Amen. And so all we got to know is what the plan is. What is the dream? What is the vision? What is the purpose of this body? What is it, you know, what, it, what, are, we, what are we here this year to accomplish? You know, you're going to have to stand by something that is greater than your faith. Listen, than greater than your natural faith has been up to this point. It's about to explode into a supernatural realm of faith. Come on, above and beyond what we could ever think or ask. And God is pulling us into his presence like never before. Come on. In that fullness of joy. If you're not happy this morning, then you're just, you're, you're cutting short of the glory of God. Because in his glory, there is happiness. You know, I, I, I think about this. I think about this. You know, Jesus, he just gets baptized by John the Baptist. And, and the first thing he's got to do, he's got to go in the wilderness. And he's, he's going on a 40-day fast. And, man, he's just getting before God. He's, he's getting all the alignments of his assignments ready from the Father. I mean, he's putting aside 40 days just to get before him and, and, and get enriched by supernatural strength while his physical strength is kind of being drained. And at the end of his 40-day fast, Satan, you know, Satan's got the guts to show up. What a, what a brave guy, right? What a brave guy. He didn't, he, he didn't tempt him the first day. He waited until he was the end of the 40. The devil's still a coward no matter what. He waited until Jesus got into his weakest moment. Come on. The devil will not attack you until you get to your weakest moment. So guess what? Let's not give him a weakest moment. It's devil booty cooking time. Devil, yeah, cooking time. Kicking time. We'll cook him too. Come on. You may not be good to eat, but we're going to cook him anyway. It's devil booty kicking time. You know, the word says that he comes in you know, to kill, steal, and destroy. But he comes in like a roaring lion while we serve the king who is the risen lion. Come on, the lion of the tribe of Judah. So he's going to imitate and emulate everything he can about Christ. That's why he's called the anti-Christ. He's going to emulate some level of Christ. If, if Jesus has got a roar, he's going to have a roar. If Jesus is going to have a kingdom, he's going to have a kingdom. But we know which kingdom rules in the end. We just got to keep our eyes in towards that. You know, I'll never forget. Roaring like a lion thinking about this. You know, he's a gummy devil. He has no teeth. Come on. I, I don't know if you've ever been attacked by a gummy bear. There's a reason for that. You know, I saw a commercial one time with this huge, big old gummy bear, and he comes into the room, and, and all of a sudden, Everybody starts running out except for this one little kid, and all of a sudden he goes up and he starts grabbing and starts eating him. And so it's like the devil, 
you know, I, 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 I think about this. I think when... <laughs> I think when Jesus went down in the bowels of hell and the catacombs of darkness and got back the keys of life and death and brought them back to his people because Satan destroyed them or stole them there in the Garden of Eden, I think Jesus, before he left the catacombs, he took those keys and he knocked Satan's teeth out. Mm, 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 just knocking his teeth out. Back then, you know, they didn't have dinner, so he couldn't go get him a, a bridge. I'm just joking. It's so... You've got to understand, this is a toothless devil. Years ago, you know, I, I, if, you, if you read my book, you know, I, I traveled, um, moved so many times. I, from the time I was in sixth grade until I graduated from high school, we moved 23 times. And uh, people always ask, were your dad in the military? I said, no, he was just looking for work. You know, and we never had any money, but I never knew I was poor. You know, we always wore everybody else's clothes. I went, when people would bring us clothes, and we just thought, man, this is awesome, you know. But we never knew we were poor because we had a rich inheritance with our, with our parents. You know, they, they taught what level of faith. They did have a measure of faith. But most of the measure that they taught was, you know, in standing and, 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 and believing. But we didn't really receive the big harvest of the massive harvest of what believing really can do. But I love my mom, and my mom just brought us into that realm. And, and uh, so, so, you know, we, we always believed, whatever we believed, we knew God was always going to be our source of provision, always. So we moved all the time, and da 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 Well, I'll never forget, I was, in lived in, I was living in Palermo, California, and uh, we lived there for, uh, let me see, I got a, one year. I think we lived there for one year. Moved twice, but lived there for one year. And uh, so I was in the sixth grade. I was 13 years old. And we had just moved into this little town, you know. And, uh, and I was just getting acclimated, you know, to the, the students. And, you know, I never really, I, the only friend that I ever knew, I could still remember his name today, all the way from school, from the beginning, from, you know, K to 12, is Tommy. It's the only friend I ever know. Uh, or can remember because, you know, we moved so many times I never had a chance to build a relationship. But I remember Tommy, and he was in Palermo. And uh, so Tommy and I got on the baseball team. I love sports. I love playing. And, uh, man, everywhere I went, I, I loved sports, but I never stayed long enough to gain any kind of reputation that I could play sports good because I was always moving. But I was awesome, man. I was a stud. You weren't there. It's so, you know, I said, if, if I'm not going to speak up, there's no friends out there that's going to do it. You know, oh, yeah, I remember Steve Hines. He was a stud in baseball. No, they're not. Tommy will tell you that. But so, so you know, Tommy, my friend, you know, and so we had a game that night. And we got on the bus and went to the game. My dad was working, so he couldn't come to the game. So we come back to the school. And uh, so we get back early, and there's a big clock on the on the school. So we go out in the baseball field, and we say, hey, we're here an hour, you know, it's like 4.30. And uh, I said, man, why don't we just, you know, play play catch or hit the ball. And so we got the bat and the ball, and we're just having a great time. Now, my dad is a very strict person. I mean, he's very authoritative, man, very strict. If he says to be home at a certain time, you are home at that time, if not early. And he always, and it was always this awesome threat that he said, you know what? If you're not, chances are you could be going to see Jesus today. Now, I love Jesus, and I want to see Jesus, but not at 13 years old. I still got to preach at Harvest uh, Church there in Conroe, and 
leaving early, but that would have never happened. So anyway, so, you know, and my dad, man, it's very strict, and I love my dad, my, you know, and, and he taught us a lot of, of respect and honor for responsibilities through all of that. So anyway, we're playing ball, and, and we just get, you know, carried away and forget about the time, and all of a sudden I look up, and the clock on the school said quarter of six. Now, I'm 30 minutes away from a house, 30. Immediately, when I saw that clock a quarter of six, I saw the face of Jesus right next to it. Coming home, coming home. That was, I had fear in that song. And I looked at Tommy, and I went, Tommy, I'm in trouble. He goes, what's the matter? I said, it's quarter of six. And he goes, yeah. I said, I'm 30, away, 30 minutes away from my house. He goes, oh, Jesus. I go, I know. I saw his face. And he goes, what are we going to do? I said, i I, I got to take off running. I, I, I don't know if I can make it. Well, there was right across the street from the school, there was like a three-acre lot that was all fenced up with six-foot um, uh, cyclone fence all the way around it. And, I mean, it was huge right before you got to the school. And there were signs on this. Like I said, I just moved here, so I wasn't familiar with this area. But there were signs on this cyclone fence saying, do not trespass. And there were very, you know, like threatening, intimidating signs like, if your trespassers could be eaten. If you trespass, please leave your name and number so the next of kin will know who you are before we bury you. I mean, there was just like, beware. No, this was the big one. Beware of Jaws. Now, this was before Jaws came out. But it said, beware of Jaws. So all around three acres of this cyclone fence was these just intimidating, you know. So I got figured, you know what? Uh, if there's something like Jaws over there and all the, I said, I'm going to respect this. Didn't know what it was. But I could see in the very back, back part, there's a house kind of like in the middle and the center of this. And I'm 13 years old, so it's huge. Three acres is huge. But I looked at that clock, and it's quarter of, and I, I needed a shortcut. So I'm thinking, okay, if I could cut through this property, jaws and all, if I could, I don't know what jaws is, but I don't care. It's either jaws or Jesus. And at this moment, jaws seemed to be a better choice. So I told Tommy, I said, Tommy, we got to run. But we're going to go through this, this, this property. He goes, you see the signs? I go, I know, but I see another sign. I saw Jesus' face. Coming home. And so I said, all right, we're going to go through this man's property or this property. And he goes, okay, I'm with you. I said, you with me? Well, yeah. All right, let's do it. I said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to cross over the fence. Quiet, man. Let's do this as quietly as we can. I don't know what Jaws is, but whatever it is, don't awaken it. So we get on the other side of the fence. Now we're now on this other side of the fence, and we're like this. And I got my foot against the fence, got my hand, and we're just kind of scoping the whole place out. And I said, now, Tommy, now look, we're going to run as fast as we can, but we're going to have to do it as quiet as we can. He goes, yeah, yeah. And I said, now look, if I fall, you're going to help me, right? He goes, yeah. And he goes, 
If I fall, you're going to help me, right? Okay, let's count. <laughs> Survival. I, I got to preach in Conroe. All right, so all of a sudden I go one, two, boom, I take off. I could hear him in the background, cheater. And I'm going, you know, when you get just adrenaline going, it's like this. You, you, you know, it's a, your adrenaline's going. It, it's like you can't hear anything. You can't see anything. All you're doing is just pumping. And, man, I'm starting to get, you know, third through the property. All of a sudden, I see out of the corner of my eye this figure. It's Tommy. He's coming by me. He's going, I tried to trip him. He jumped out of the way. All of a sudden, we're running, and we're starting to get out of breath. And we're, and all of a sudden, we hear this sound, the sound that came from the bowels of hell. It was the ugliest bark on planet anywhere. When I heard that, I screamed like a sixth grade schoolgirl. All of a sudden, I shifted into a new gear. I'm catching up with Tommy. Tommy's going, cheater, cheater. We're running, and, by, and all of a sudden, we hear the, boo, boo. I wouldn't look around. I, I, I wouldn't look back. I was so scared. I just figured if I look back, it's going to slow down my process. I'm, and all of a sudden, boo, it's getting closer. Boo. Tommy, Tommy, he's going, you're on your own. I'm going, thanks, buddy. Roo, roo. Finally, finally, we're hearing it. I get to the, we're getting to the fence. Now, Tommy hits the fence first. Amazing. He hits the fence, puts his toe in through one of those little squares in that cyclone fence, and he leaps over with one single bound. Just beautiful. I, could, I, I wanted to give him a standing ovation, but my life was in danger. So I get to the fence. And I'm going to do the same thing. I'm hearing it. It's louder than ever. And all of a sudden, I get to the fence. I go to do the same thing. Put my foot in the little square. I'm going up. And when I did, my foot slipped out. And when I did, I'm going down the fence. My chin is hitting every one of them. I'm just hugging the fence. I'm down on the ground. All of a sudden, I turn around, and I'm laying there, and I grab the fence to face my end. All of a sudden, there is this ugliest dog I've ever seen in my life. It looked like it was a cross between a mastiff, a boxer, and Hillary. I mean, it was the ugliest. <laughs> Father, forgive me for I know what I do. So all of a sudden, he's, and he's slobbering at the mouth. He grabs my pants. He grabs my leg. And I'm holding on. And he's, gar, gar, and he's, he's, he's grabbing me. It's like he's wanting to take me off and bury me somewhere. And I'm screaming, oh, Tommy, oh, I'm screaming at Tommy, help me, Tommy. And Tommy's on the other side, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. Come over here, help me. Oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. The dog is grabbing me. He's trying to pull me away. And all of a sudden, it seemed like an eternity. It had to be about 15, 20 seconds. And all of a sudden, I realize as he's grabbing my leg and trying to pull me away that there's no pain. 
you know, it, you know, I'm, it's about 15, 20 seconds. You know, all of a sudden, I'm going, oh, I'm screaming. Tommy's going, oh, Jesus. And all of a sudden, I look down. There's slobber everywhere. And I realize there's no pain. And I started to calm down just enough to look at it. And the dog had no teeth. All that fear for what? When I, I'm going, Tommy, oh, 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 When I realized that dog had no teeth, Holy Ghost boldness came up. All of a sudden, I said, you ugly mutt. All this fear about to have a cardiac arrest over a toothless dog. I jump up, boldness. All of a sudden, I said, if you don't get out of here, I'm going to kick. The dog went, boo, boo. I kicked him in his face. He turned around and went, arr, 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 arr. Jumped over the fence. People go, well, did you make it home? I'm alive, ain't I? I learned a very valuable lesson as a kid. How many of you ever seen the, the movie Sandlot? Remember that big, kind of like that, except that did, that did have, you know, it's amazing what fear can do to your imagination. The devil is toothless. All you got to do is stand your ground. I'm going to give you in the next 20 minutes, before I close, the most powerful 10-letter word that absolutely rocks the kingdom of darkness to the core. A 10-letter word that absolutely rocks Satan's kingdom to the core. There's something about the spirit of a man that sustains him in the time of circumstances and trouble that the body and the mind can't capture. It has a desire, but it doesn't have the ability. But our spirit, man, it has something inside of us that looks at every circumstance when we are people of faith, and it says, not on this watch. Not this day. Come on, not with my family, not with my children, not with my health, not with my finances. Come on, not, my, not with my identity, not with my destiny. Come on. And if you're going to shout, you might as well do it now. Don't make me sick Mark Hankins on you. He's preaching this morning at Jesse Duplantis' church, so he can't be here. But I got to tell you, man, it's time to get explosive in our identity. About 2017, I was on a trip to uh, a motorcycle trip with um, Brother Jerry Savelle on Chariots of Light. And part of the Chariots of Light, we have a chapter in Shreveport. And I love motorcycles. I've owned 11 of them. And every one of them but one was given to me. And, uh, and every one except one I gave away. I even gave my son-in-law a motorcycle. Somebody gave me a motorcycle. Actually gave me a this awesome um, Goldwing, and I traded Goldwing for this this um, uh, VTX, and so I just gave it to Josh. I only sold one motorcycle out of the 11, but I planted those seeds. And so in August, I was up in North Dakota and South Dakota. We did the Badlands Drive. We, I rode my motorcycle all the way up there, and 
and uh, rode around and happened to go to a Harley store there in Sturgis. And while I was in there, somebody bought me a motorcycle. Bought me, I've never had a Harley. I've had a Honda. I've had a Yamaha. I've had your mama. No, I'm just joking. I've had all these motorcycles, but I've never had a Harley. And I've always had it, you know, that was one of my, on my rapture list. You know, I have a very short rapture list. I've just about done everything rapture to you might be bucket list, but I call it the rapture list. I'm going out of here that way, not that way. Thank you for the four and a half people that want to do that too. All right. Come on. We might as well start rapture-sizing. So why do we jump all the time when during praise and worship? We're practicing. Come on. <laughs> I remember being in this little church. This lady was probably about 173 years old. And she was in there. And I, I, I mean, you know, she had the, you know, more wrinkles than the whole prune factory. And it was just, she was up there and she was just going like this. We're all popping around, you know, she's going. I'm going, she's ready. She's ready. But I'm so, you got to, so understanding. So I, I, I'm going there and all of a sudden, Somebody buys, we go into Harley, and they buy me this awesome Harley. And I'm going, oh, Lord. And the Lord said, and I call my wife. I call my wife, and I said, hon, guess what? Somebody just bought me a Harley, paid for, $22,000 Harley. <laughs> bought it, gave it to me. <laughs> he actually, he said, you want to ride this home or you want the one that you borrowed? I go, no, I want this one. I'm riding it all the way home. And I rode it all the way home. And, man, it's just, it, you know, it was a blessing. Well, I'll tell you, Brother Jerry Savelle bought it for me. He just blessed me with it. So now this bike means more to me than just a Harley. You know what I mean? My mentor, father of my faith, Brother Jerry, you know, he's been part of our family for years. I mean, his daughters were in our wedding. They were flower girls. And so my wife and them ne next-door neighbors, and they grew up together, da-da-da-da-da. So this really meant a lot to me. Well, I get home, and da-da-da-da-da, and finally I, 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 come to, uh, I, I come to 2018, and it's time for my wife and I to finally buy a house. We've been in Shreveport seven years now, six years, and, you know, we weren't quite sure if this was going to be the place that we're going to be, but the Lord, you know, said, this is where you're going to spend your days until the rapture. And I said, okay. So we finally decided we'll look for a house. Now, our finances, you know, I, I'm just going to be honest. Our finances weren't what they used to be. I, I worked for Mac Hammond. She worked for Mac Hammond. Well, she was actually worked for Mac and Lemon, but I, uh, Mac and Pastor Lynn, and I worked as the youth pastor. And Mac pays his people well. You know, we church of 10,000 people. And, you know, between my wife and I, now we, you know, we were making some good money, and he blessed us and blesses his whole staff. He's amazing, just an amazing man. He, he believes in paying the staff what they're worth, and it, it, it's just amazing. I learned a lot 25 years working for him. And, uh, but when I left up there to come down to Shreveport, I went from this huge salary to a quarter of the salary. But I still had bills. It's amazing. My, my, my wife has an amazing gift. She loves, loves, absolutely loves to spend money. 
She calls it a gift. I call it something else. Oh, that's Josh. You know, and, and she buys for the, the grandkids and the kids. I mean, she spends all her money on the grandkids and the kids. I said, I thought the grandkids was now the, our kids' responsibility. No, she still does. She's, she just loves to spend money. And so, you know, with my salary and all this stuff, it took us a while for our credit to get back up, you know, and working hard and getting my credit up. And so we finally go, and we're going to get this house you know, we finally found a house that we really wanted, and we didn't have the finances. It was, we just didn't have, with our credit, didn't have enough finances. So November of 2018, I'm in our, I'm in our meetings up in, over in Crowley, the minister's meeting, where we're under JSMI Ministerial Association. We're ordained through that ministry. And... During this whole time, you know, I've been praying about our house. You know, we finally found a house. You know, it just, my, my wife loves it. If my wife loves it, I love it. You know, it's just the way it is. Mama's happy. Everybody's happy. Daddy's happy. Nobody cares. So, so I'm going, all right, this is it. This is the house. So I'm thinking, okay, Lord, I want to sell my motorcycle. I want to sell it. I think I can get $20,000 for it. So that's what I'm going to do. Well, Brother Jerry was taking an uh, uh, offering. I forget who was taking the offering at that time. And the offering was taken. And I already, you know, put in my offering, you know, and I just put it in there. And um, all of a sudden, as they're taking the offering, he stops everybody. He gets up to the microphone. He gets up to the podium, and he says, there is somebody out there thinking about selling something that's very valuable to him. No joke. Very valuable to him because you think you could use this for something that you need it for. And the Lord is telling me to tell you to plant it. Don't sell it. And the value of that, of what you're planting, will bring a greater harvest than what you would do if you were to sell it. Thanks for tuning in to the Go Ministries International Podcast. For more information, go to goministries.net and follow us on social media to get more content like this straight to your phone. Remember, no matter what you've done or where you're at in life, you're lovable, valuable, capable, and redeemable.